All right, everybody, I'm back. I'm back with a new episode. So a lot of stuff went down in the wild, wild world of sports while I was working the weekend shift and not able to keep up with the times, but I'm going to hit on the big one. And I think probably the most controversial is just the sheer outcome of the Kentucky Derby. So if you didn't pay attention to the Derby, I feel like even if you don't watch the Derby, this one was probably just like making news everywhere because of just what what transpired. So the favored horse to win after the main horse uh, had to drop out of the race for uh, to get lung surgery, I believe. So the main uh, prospect to win was maximum security. And uh, it was the front runner of the race. It had nine to five odds at the start of the race. I think there was like $6.2 million worth of money that was bet on that horse at the Derby alone. That's not counting side bets. That's just at the Derby. And yeah, everyone was, uh, was thrilled when maximum security crossed the line first and technically won the Derby, right? Well, that is not at all what transpired. There was then a review process brought forth by two other jockeys of two other horses, and that is where things got absolutely crazy. So they disqualified maximum security, uh, made it finish dead last, and then the horse that came in first was the horse named Country House and had six to five or sixty-five to one odds, excuse me, to win. So as you can imagine, this was a, a very big controversial thing. So let me lead, let me lead. Jeez, <clears throat> excuse me, I can't even talk today. Let me read to you a statement issued by the Stewarts of the Derby, and if you don't know what a steward is, they're basically like the officials. They say, the riders of the 18, which is the horse named Long Range Toddy, and 20, Country House, lodged objections against the 7, maximum security. The winner, due to interference, turning for home, leaving the one-fourth pole, we had a lengthy review of the race, said Chief Stewart Barbara Borden. We interviewed affected riders. We determined that the seven horse drifted out and impacted the progress of one who is war of will. In turn, interfering with the 18 and 21, uh, 21 is Bod Express, again, horse names. Those horses were all affected we thought by the interference, therefore, we unanimously determined to disqualify number seven and place him behind the 18, the lowest placed horse that he bothered, which is our typical procedure. So they believe that basically maximum security drifted into the number one horse, who's War of Will. And then that, in turn, interfered. It was like a domino effect. It interfered with 18 and 21. And that's that's what happened. So they said it, it bumped into him. It, it caused a huge kerfuffle of a domino effect, which in turn affected a bunch of other horses. So 
so this is where like I go off on a tangent here because there is a reason why the Derby has never had a winner taken down for race riding. That's the technical name for the foul is called race riding in history. Okay. It's never happened before in the history of the Derby. It's been 145 derbies and never ever has there ever been one where a horse has been disqualified for what the, what maximum security did to another horse, right? Ever in the history. Okay. And the reason why is because the stakes are too high. Okay. So, okay. The only other horse that's ever been disqualified in Derby history. Okay. Was dancer's image who was disqualified for failing a drug test in 1968. Okay. So, this is this is just wild to me, okay? So, it's a 20-horse race, right? There's 20 horses that participate in the Derby, okay? It was a sloppy, wet track, okay? And they were all able to keep in line long enough not to trip over each other, in theory, right? That's, that's what happens. There's 20 horses, they're racing, you're trying to keep them from really hitting each other, like, you know, like a NASCAR pileup. And I have a theory, and you guys are going to be like, oh, you know, with your tinfoil hat on. But here's my, here's my take on it. The old cliche, right, that if it looks like a duck and walks like a duck and quacks like a duck, it's probably a duck, right? So there were over, like I said, $6.2 million bet on maximum security, and the purse is $3 million, okay? That's the winnings that the winner wins okay which isn't even the biggest prize out of all of this okay the biggest prize out of all of it okay is when you win the derby your horse gets breeding rights and those breeding rights are unbelievably expensive right because everybody and their brother who wants to breed a racehorse wants to breed with a derby winner so to me something just sounds it's like it's too good to be true right that never in the history has there ever been a horse disqualified for what happened to maximum security. So horses hit each other all the time when they race, right? It's not like a NASCAR pileup where they they bump into each other and explosions happen, right? It's they bump and weave and it's there's eight there's 20 horses, okay? There's 20 horses on a track and they all maneuver to try to come in first, okay? So little rubbing is inevitable. Okay. I've, I've never been to the Derby. I've been to horse races. I was just at a horse race two weeks ago here in California. And I saw horses, they would be really close to each other, probably rubbing each other. Right. So obviously something as ticky tacky as this call to then be reviewed makes it just seem fishy. Right. So the front running horse wins. The horse that the that most of the population bet on. Yet in a shocking turn of events, something that's never happened in the history of the Derby. Okay, and there were 145. Okay, never happened. Okay, never ever ever happened in the history of the Derby. It's never ever happened. So you do the math. You add it up, right? You say the front running horse wins a race that he's supposed to win right? A couple sad jockeys, they bitch and moan, right? 
Now this is where it even gets even more deceptive, okay? This is where the craziness of sports today, okay, is where it's going. Now we all get to sit down and discuss how instant replay and reviews in sports constantly is changing the way we view sports. Whether you like it or not, we just witnessed the first ever Kentucky Derby that had its outcome changed by instant replay and review. Okay. Yes, they review the winning like horse if it's you know a photo finish. They go to the fo- they go to the tape. But we watched literally a horse win, destroy its competition. Okay, L- outrun everyone. Okay, win by a landslide. Then instant replay overview the horse winning. He went from first to last place based on a review. So we have to ask ourselves. Where do we draw the line? It's a race, right? The fastest horse won, right? Are we willing to admit that those horses slightly bumping into each other gravely impacted the race? Gravely impacted the safety of the horses? Are we willing to admit that? Let's just talk about what all transpired in less than two minutes at the Derby, okay? This is, let's just take that into account. This all happened in less than two minutes. It was an extremely wet track. In fact, the track condition sheet said sloppy. Okay? So that's their words. Sloppy. Again, there are 20 horses running 45 miles an hour, muscling and maneuvering on a muddy surface that is only 80 feet wide. I don't know if you've ever seen a thoroughbred horse before, but they're pretty big and they're pretty strong. And they only have 80 feet that's wet and sloppy and muddy to maneuver and try to get in first place. So, do you think that it's fair that the stewards of the race spent over 20 minutes reviewing the race, looking at it over and over again and from different angles, looking for the so-called illegal move that was made? A review, by the way, that lasted seven times longer than the actual race. Okay, think about that. That's crazy, okay? The race was two minutes. They spent over 20 minutes. It was seven times longer than the race itself, them reviewing the actual race, okay? So put that into perspective. If that happened in an NFL game, right, say there was a controversial call, okay, and the, the review lasted... Seven times longer than the actual event, we would be waiting for a 21-hour period to hear what happened in the call, right? They'd have to go home, sleep, come back, they get the call right, and they play football again, right? Think about that. That's crazy. I think it is utterly ridiculous. And if I was the owner of Maximum Security, I would protest, and he did protest. And I guess he lost the protest because nothing has come out of it. But honestly, think about what happens with this new re- with replay and review now, right? I think once you squeeze the toothpaste out of the tube, you can't put it back in, right? That's what happens with replay and review, right? Now that this has happened in, in Derby history, that a race has been overturned via review, where does it stop? What's stopping me as a horse owner 
or a jockey who I felt got hit on a certain turn, going back there, looking at the footage, right, protesting it and saying, well, hey, you disqualified a horse for doing the same thing in the Kentucky Derby. Why aren't you doing it in the Belmont Stakes? Why aren't you doing it in the Preakness? Wait, why aren't you doing it every day, every week of the day? Right? This, but that's that's the crazy part. Now that it's out of the tube, it can't go back in, and we've created a monster. Again, us as sports watchers have created a monster. I'm all for getting calls right. Okay? I'm all for it. 100%. In fact, with it, when it comes to the NFL replay review, I think if as a fan, right, and not a hardcore fan, I'm talking about a casual fan, right? This is where it comes down to. If you're a casual fan and you can see the call on the field and say, hey, that was an outrageous call, right? Like that should have been a foul. That should have been a penalty. I don't care what sport it is. If you are a casual fan of the sport, not a hardcore watcher, and you sit there and you say, hey, that was a foul, right? And the ref doesn't call it. They should be like 100% liable for that, 100%, right? If I'm a casual fan and I can sit down and I can say, that doesn't look right. And they let it go. And that, that creates controversy. It's not the hardcore fans, right? It's, the, it's when you get all of the fans that are watching at that moment in time, right? All of the casual fans, right? Perfect example. Perfect example of how this makes sense. At the Steeler game, when the Steelers played the Saints last year, okay, there was a horrible, egregious pass interference call, all right? They called Joe Hayden. In the back of the end zone, a pass interference on a ball that was over both the wide receiver and his heads out of the back of the end zone, okay? He was like three feet from the guy. They threw the flag, pass interference, okay? It was a, it was a horrible call. Everyone knew it was a horrible call, okay? The, the, the announcers knew it was a horrible call. I knew it was a horrible call, but I'm also a football guy, so it really bothered me. Plus, I'm a Steelers fan, so of course it bothered me, but no one cared. Not a single person besides anyone who lived in Pittsburgh gave a shit, honestly, because People who watched that game, they were the casual, they weren't the casual fan. They were the hardcore fans. It was the Steelers fans and Saints fans, right? So now flash forward to NFC Championship in New Orleans. Okay. It's the second to last game of the year. This decides who goes to the Super Bowl. If I'm a casual sports fan, I'm watching that game. The ratings are up. The ratings are way higher than the Saints-Steelers game. So when everyone sees that blown call, all the casual fans who outweigh the hardcore fans, and that's who the NFL dictates to, okay? They dictate to the casual fan. They don't have to dictate to the hardcore fan. Like I said before, the hardcore fan always comes and shows up and watches. It doesn't matter what transpires on the field. If you're a hardcore football fan, you're going to watch. So they dictate to the casual fan, which is why they want to make the game shorter, speed up the game. That's the whole thing. They're trying to get the casual fan who sits there and says, wow, why am I wasting three hours of my life? When the hardcore fans say, I don't care. I'm watching football regardless if it takes seven hours or three hours. Right? That's, that's the difference. So they're catering towards the casual fan, and the casual fan wants the call right. Because if the casual fan can see that it's an egregious call, that in turn tells people who are in management positions in the NFL, we need to change these things. So again, how am I relating that to the Derby? Because I'm the casual race fan, okay? I don't watch many races, but I watch the Triple Crown because it's interesting, right? And they, and they 
publicize the hell out of it on NBC Sports. But when I'm watching it, and I look and I see horses bump into each other like they always do, then you review it for 20 minutes, and everyone in the crowd and everyone who's watching has to go, what the hell are they looking at? And then they change the call. Okay, not only is, is it, it's not even on the same level as me saying I'm going to look at this pass interference call that could in turn change the outcome of the game. You literally rewrote the game. Horse racing is about the fastest horse winning the race. If the fastest horse won, but yet on a technicality, because he bumped into another horse going 45 miles an hour on a slippery track with 20 horses on the race and an 80-foot track, that's 80 feet wide, right? And then you rewrite the rules, and then not the fastest horse doesn't win, right? That's, that's not the fastest horse. He didn't win. The fastest horse didn't win. The slower horse won. So why are we lying to ourselves? If I'm a casual fan, I'm pissed because I watched the race. I saw a horse win. And then the people who are in charge told me, no, what you saw was a lie. And that is where what we've created is with instant replay is a monster. Because you, you, can ha- you can't have your cake and eat it too. You can't. You either want to review everything or review nothing. And that's how that's the world you have to live in. You either have to say, I want to be able to review everything because we as humans and and humans in charge of animals, okay, that's what they are at racing. It's a human in charge of an animal. We make mistakes all the time in sports. That's what happens. Again, I think it's it's even less of an offense because the man controlling an animal running 45 miles an hour on a wet track, okay, with 20 other animals going 45 miles an hour or 19 other animals going 45 miles an hour on a wet track, how is he supposed to make sure that the horse, when they all bunch together on the final turn trying to get the inside lane, doesn't accidentally bump into another one? Okay? And this leads me to one of the greatest quotes in movie history. Robert Duvall in the movie Days of Thunder, his legendary quote that I've pretty much based my whole opinion on racing on, is now a lie. Rubbing is no longer racing, according to the stewards at the Kentucky Derby. And I have a problem with that. And everyone on this planet should have a problem with that. But ultimately, the bigger issue here is that now they've created a monster that can no longer be put away. It's out of the closet. It's running around now. Anyone, anywhere, on a racetrack can now ask to review a race. And if it's not overturned the way the Derby was overturned, right? You have video evidence now. It's 2019. If I'm a jockey, I'm going to keep this film in my back pocket. And every time I get bumped into on a racetrack, I'm going to pull it out and be like, hey, remember when you did this? Look right here. You see it? Remember when you did that? And then another guy won? Yeah, that was me. That was me who got hit. So I want to win. Right. I can understand them wanting to make the sport safe, right? Because there was a horrific accident. I think it was in California. I want to say San Jose. I'm not 100% sure. Where a horse veered off its course, hit another horse. The horse was like uprooted and like it had its leg broken or whatever. And and they had to put it down. Okay. And no one wants that. Okay. I don't want to see a horse die. 
No one on television wants to see a horse die. No, none of the owners who own those million dollar, you know, horses want the horses to die. Okay. That's, that's not the sport. I didn't come here to see horses die. I came here to see horses race. Okay. So I understand the safety aspect of that. But what I'm saying is if they bump into each other all the time and you can't control that, especially in the conditions that I've just labeled over and over again, where do you draw the line? Where do you say this is dangerous and this is safe? Okay. I like take a, take a boat from NASCAR. I understand it's not the same. It's not the same at all, but NASCAR, right? You can rub into a guy, like just rub him, right? That's fine. They're going to rub you, right? It's when you maliciously push a dude into the wall or go out of your way to try to fuck up a guy's day, right? Even accidental. It, hap- it, hap- it happens accidentally all the time, but you still get flagged for it and you're still liable for what you did and you get penalized for it. Okay. I'm not saying what he did was a penalized offense. I don't know. I'm not a steward. I can't tell you. Maybe by the letter of the law, yes, because obviously the way the rule is written. But I'm saying now what you have done is you have created a monster. You have created a monster that no one on this planet now can ever make go away. And it's the world we're going to have to live in now. And it's a world that, frankly, in sports, I'm nervous about because – This is just inviting replay into more things to get things right, which I understand. I understand wanting to get calls right, okay? But in a race, changing the outcome of the race completely is just mind-blowing to me. It's no longer a race. It isn't at that point. It isn't a race anymore. They just made the fastest horse lost. He didn't cheat the race. Okay, he didn't get tested for drugs. He wasn't faster than any of the horses in that kind of an illegal, like an illegal benefit for him. He wasn't on drugs. The horse wasn't on drugs. That's cheating. He didn't cheat. Okay, he bumped into another horse and then he got qual- and disqualified for being the faster horse. That's what I have a problem with. I have a problem with this way, and and it's honestly happening all across America. It honestly is. It's honestly happening everywhere. Not just with replay, but I'm talking about where you look at a race and then it's not even like that's the whole aspect. It's like this is fundamentally why do you think it's never happened before in 145 races that no one has ever been disqualified for this for this happening? You think it's ever happened before in 145 races? You'd have to be crazy to tell me that 100 145 derby races that another horse has never hit another horse. Right? You, you would have to be insane to tell me that, that the odds of 145 horses, okay, so that's 145 times 20, okay? You do that math. Do it. I'm not going to do it for you. You do that math, and you tell me that every single time that none of those races happen, that none of those 20 horses ever hit each other on the 145 running. Well, I take away one because apparently it did on this last one. So 144 races has never happened before until then, until now. You're crazy. You'd have to be physically insane, mentally insane to tell me that that's never happened before. Because it happens. It happens all the time. Proof is last weekend. But again, it's what happens. Was it reviewed? Did it overturn a race? No, it never did until last weekend. So that's the fundamentally wrong thing. And when I go back saying that this is like the, the same thing that it's making me angry across the world is everyone's just looking for a way, a handout to win. Okay. 
racing. If you're slower, you don't win. That's how races work. It's really easy. People have been racing from the day the wheel was invented, okay? It was, that's what the joke, right? That, that car racing invented as soon as the other, the second car came off the lot, right? The first car was built and the second car was built and the first race happened, right? That's, we, we, but since the dawn of people, right? It was, I'm going to run faster than you. You're not faster than me, right? Race, race, race. The Olympics, okay? The Olympics have been going on forever, forever. Race, 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 right? Chariot races, okay? People races, boat races. It was all the same. It was always like that. It was always fastest person wins the race. It wasn't fastest person wins. Wait, the, the boat hit each other. So you have to go look at it for 20 minutes inside the outcome. No, it was fastest person won, end of race, losers weep. That's it. That's how it always has been. And 145 times of Derby history has told you that exactly. That's how it's always ever been. And now I'm scared. Because where does it end? Honestly, where does it end? This is another thing. I'm not going to go into grave detail about this, but this is kind of on the same topic. So there was what? The, I guess it was the Boston Marathon. I think it was last week. And, uh, you know, there's this video out there of this guy. I mean, the guy was an asshole, right? But... I mean, I blame the people, I blame the guy, I, I blame a lot of things. Anyway, he ran through the finish line of the Boston Marathon. He finished 36th, right? And then this girl ran, was running behind him or whatever. And so they brought out the tape, and the guy who placed 36 ran through the tape. Well, the tape wasn't for him, it was for the girl, because... There's a women's side to it and a men's side. And, you know, she was the fastest woman and he was the 36th fastest man, right? So they these people held out this tape for this girl to run through because she was the first woman to finish the race, right? And then the dude ran through her tape and she was really upset about it, right? And I'm sure it's probably gotten even more of a media spin than what I just told you about. But again, this goes back to the, the same point that I've always made. Okay, the people who held the tape up, they're idiots. They should have just seen the dude coming, put the tape down. And when the girl came by, put the thing up because it was like a good 30 seconds between the two. Go watch the video. I'm not going to quote it. What I'm saying is fundamentally, we've lost ourselves, right? Last time I remembered a race was a race, right? And if everyone wants to live in this world of equality, okay, if everyone wants to live in this world of equality, which I am all for equality on all fronts, okay? At no point have I ever not been against equality, okay? But if it's a race and it's equality and everyone wants to be treated equally, then run. Run the race. If you win, you win. If you lose, you lose, okay? That's fine. You want to have two separate brackets? Perfectly fine. But let's not start celebrating mediocrity, okay? If she wins the race in the women's bracket, she's the fastest girl to win the race. Did she win the race? No, she did not, okay? She didn't win. She was 37th place, Okay? I understand the part of segregating the brackets, but then you want to yell at me about equality. You just segregated the brackets. She technically didn't win the Boston Marathon. She came in 37th place. Again, I'm not saying that 
this is bad or right or wrong or indifferent. I agree. The guy was an asshole. He ran through the tape. The people held up the tape for the wrong person. They're at fault. Okay? And she was mad at him. I get it. But let's call a spade a spade here. Everyone wants equality, and I'm all for equality. Then if you run a race and you come in 37th place, I shouldn't have to give you a tape. You shouldn't have to run through any tape. You should cross the finish line. You should go find your time. You should compare it to other people. And you say, wow, I was the fastest woman to run the race. And then everyone goes, wow, she was the fastest woman to run that race. It's still the same thing. It's celebrating mediocrity. It's what, it's what we've become as people. We celebrate mediocrity. Does, anyone, does everyone understand that in, in life? That's what we do now as people. We celebrate mediocrity. She didn't win the race. Okay, she didn't. She was the fastest woman to run the race, which is still an awesome accomplishment. Okay, but is she any better than the woman who came in second? She didn't get a tape. The guy who placed 33rd didn't get a tape and he was faster than her. So where do we where do we draw the line? That's what I'm saying. Where, where does this happen? What we are doing now is wrong. We are fundamentally wrong as people in sports in reviews, it's all going crazy. And this all happened over a weekend, I swear. I swear to God, it all happened over a weekend. Anyway, that's enough of today's episode. Uh, I will be going into some more stuff that happened in sports later this week. But for now, that's it. Thanks a lot for tuning in. Uh, sorry it's been a while again. I've been on the night shift. So uh, thanks a lot for listening. And yeah, have a good one. See you when I see you.